the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton. Welcome back to Together for Good. Together for Good is being brought to you by the Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio exists to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Baptist heritage by providing needed funds for health-related programs at area nonprofits and churches. You know, many families in our community have to navigate a challenge that's only predicted to grow in the coming years. Senior adults and their informal caregivers, usually their children, are facing a variety of changes. Americans are living longer than ever before, which is a good thing. But they also have had fewer children than generations past, which reduces the caregiver pool and leaves some seniors alone. Also, along with longer lives comes the inevitable factor of retirement and end-of-life years costing more than some seniors had planned. These factors leave many seniors and their families scrambling to find the dollars and the man-hours to provide the support these folks deserve. So one organization that is working to alleviate some of these worries is Morningside Ministries, located right here in San Antonio. Today, we're joined by a really good friend of mine, Pat Crump, who I've known for many years. He is the president and CEO of Morningside Ministries. He's been in this world of senior adults for at least 20 years or more and has been with Buckner International in Dallas and in San Angelo. And so Pat comes to Morningside in San Antonio with a rich history of experience and background. So, Pat, we're glad you're with us today. Thanks, Thanks, Cody. I appreciate the opportunity. It's always great to get to talk about what we do at Morningside. Awesome. Well, can you give us a little bit of an overview of Morningside Ministries? Yeah, absolutely. So Morningside was founded in 1959 by the Methodist Conference. And because of the tight relationship between many senior clergy in San Antonio, the Episcopal Diocese joined soon thereafter, as did First Presbyterian Church. So pretty much since our founding, we have been affiliated with those three denominations, and we continue to have a very close relationship with them today. So our first property campus, if you will, opened in 1961, and then in 1970, we began operating Chandler Estate in the Monte Vista area. And then in 2004, we opened Minger Springs in the Bernie area. So today, Morningside Ministries operates three senior living communities in and around the San Antonio area and a home health organization called MM Care. Well, we'll dive deeper into your services and all that y'all do at those three campuses in just a little bit. But I thought, let's talk about some of the unique challenges that seniors face when it comes to their physical and mental health. Yeah, absolutely. So... The 65 and older group is the fastest growing part of our population right now. And even though many older adults will continue to thrive, they do face various challenges along the way. 
Um, can't overlook the challenges with just activities of daily living, things like being able to shower independently or manage their medications or take care of the housework. And so these activities of daily living can certainly become challenges. And then cognitive impairment. And so as older adults go through the aging process, it's not at all uncommon to face cognitive impairments, whether that's challenges related to strokes or Alzheimer's disease or various other cognitive impairments can, that can come along the way. And I guess another one that we see quite often is all the medications that go along with that. So polypharmacy, which is too many medications that can actually cause harm if not monitored very closely. So, so those are some of the big ones that we see when we're working with the general older adult population. In your experience, Pat, is the cognitive impairments like Alzheimer's and dementia, is that increased since you've gotten into this world or is it about the same? It's definitely increased. And my hunch is, and I, th- and I think the research would back this up, it, it's not necessarily that there's just more of it, but there's just more older adults. And so as a function of the changing demographics, I, I believe we're seeing more and more cognitive impairments and we'll continue to do so. In your experience, what are some of the most effective ways to promote and maintain the physical well-being of seniors in a nursing or, or maybe an independent living facility? You know, I think that it's really about autonomy and trying to create an environment regardless of what level of care, whether it's independent living or assisted living, even memory care. It's trying to create an environment where an older adult can have as much choice as possible. And whether that's choosing what they're going to be able to wear for the day, eat that day, the kind of activities or programming they want to participate in. And so giving them those choices and not needlessly taking those choices away from them as they age. How do you guys prioritize and support the mental health needs of your residents? So I think anything that we do is starting out with putting the older adult at the center and trying to address the challenges of ageism that are often at play. It's, you know, you you hear oftentimes jokes about people getting older, and um, there's certainly stereotypes, but those stereotypes can really impact how we treat older adults and trying to let them have whatever choice they can and how they want to spend the day is first and foremost. I think the other things that we do at Morningside is partnering with others in the community, like Oasis. Um, Oasis is a non-residential aging service provider that gives older adults, not only at Morningside, but also from all over San Antonio, the opportunity to stay engaged, to volunteer, to go on trips, to participate in wellness, fitness programs, as well as lifelong learning. So anything that gives people a purpose and a reason to get up and go about their day in a manner close to how they would have gone about their day perhaps in earlier years is what we try to focus on. Mm -hmm. And Oasis is actually located on one of your campuses. That is right. So we have partnered with Oasis for a number of years. And then about four years ago, we decided to move them into our corporate office. And so Oasis literally has hundreds of members coming and going from our campus every day. And then also our residents are able to participate in all of the offerings that Oasis provides. So it's a great partnership. And I think the thing that really jumps out to me about Oasis is their ability to address isolation and help people connect 
get out of their home and have a reason for maintaining those relationships. I think everything that we're seeing right now is that loneliness, particularly for older adults, is one of the most detrimental things that they can face. And so not only does Oasis do that, but they do it really, really well. And so we really appreciate that relationship and what Oasis does in our community. Pat, I'm sure many of our listeners would be thinking this question. I mean, you know, transitioning from living independently from a home you've lived in for 30, 40 years to more of a housing facility can be a significant change for seniors, for anybody for that matter. What advice would you give to families who are helping their senior parents through this kind of transition? I think the first thing is is to help them see what options are available to them. I guess the, the best example I can give is that several, several years ago, my own dad was beginning to face some pretty major health challenges. And my mom was at the point that she could really no longer take care of him at home. And so we just sat down with her and just talked through all the options she had, whether that was to place him in a local nursing home, to bring help into the home. The other option was to move closer to me and let me help and making sure that those services were delivered in the most appropriate way. And I think that's empowering to let them have choice and say and what they prefer. But I think a lot oftentimes people really don't understand even what's out there. And so I think that's probably one of the things that we're able to do as an organization. And there are certainly other organizations that do this and just put those options on the table so that a, a good, robust discussion can be held. And it doesn't come across as being forced upon anyone. Mm-hmm. It is, it, again, I'll go back to the idea of choice and letting them evaluate and decide what they feel like makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and so many older adults who may not have come and gone out of a senior living community have a perception of a, quote, nursing home. And well, you're not going to put me in a, unquote, nursing home like maybe they remembered 50 years ago. Oh, well, today's nursing home isn't that way. I mean, I would imagine your encouragement is come take a look. <laughs> you might be surprised that today's modern retirement communities are, I think, really cool and very livable and very comfortable. And they're not your mother and father's, quote, nursing home like maybe they remembered when they were younger. No, I think that's a great point. And so talking specifically about Morningside, you know, the actual nursing home is a very small part of what we do. Most of our residents are in independent living or assisted living. And so it's really a continuum of care and services. And we're able to adjust and help people kind of along that path. But there's so many other programs, even beyond just the retirement communities themselves, that can provide assistance. So whether it's home health, in some cases when hospice is appropriate, there's private pay home health. So there's a lot of programs out there that can be layered in to the care regimen that helps people in some cases stay in their own home longer, or if they're in a retirement community, they can stay in independent living longer. And so there's just different options, again, that can be brought to the table and can help people live the kind of life to the degree that they can and that makes sense that perhaps not too long ago they were just not able to do. Mm-hmm. Pat, talk a little bit more about how y'all build community for your seniors at Morningside. So really the idea is to let the residents kind of set the pace. And so I was at one of our communities last night that doesn't have a Sunday evening dining program. And I noticed the residents were all bringing food down the hall and they were 
putting together or had put together and were bringing the food to a dinner party that they had planned and invited people to. So we had residents participating in the dinner party, but they had also asked some of their friends from outside. So as much autonomy as possible. And I think it also depends on kind of where they are along the aging service continuum. So if they're in independent living, it's truly independent living. And so they can take advantage of the health and fitness venues that we offer, the dining programs that we offer, and they can engage as much or as little as they want. In healthcare, obviously, we tend to step in and fill that gap a little more in helping facilitate robust programming around activities that engage them. And many best practices come into play, especially if someone is struggling with memory care issues. So it it has to be a very well-rounded approach because it can't be a one-size-fits-all when it comes to building community. So bottom line, as active as someone wants to be, y'all can keep them busy. That's the idea. And and to give them as many opportunities to stay busy as they would like. Um, I was visiting with one of our activity directors a few months ago, and one of our residents who lives in memory care was just lots of energy. And so the activity director was working with him on cleaning some of the patio equipment, and he could not have been happier. And that's probably something he would have done before he came to live with us, is would have been up and doing chores around the house. And so I thought it was very creative that our activity director tapped into that and was giving him opportunities to be fulfilled and just completing a list of chores for the day. Yeah, absolutely. Listeners, if you've just tuned in, this is Together for Good, hosted by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. I'm your host, Cody Knowlton. And today we're talking to Pat Crump, a good friend of mine and the president and CEO of Morningside Ministries. Pat and I have been talking about senior health care and transitioning. And so, Pat, how do you involve families and loved ones in the care and the decision-making processes for seniors? Certainly not everyone that we have or that we serve has family that's engaged. But for those that do, we want them to be a part of the community. We want them to feel welcome, whether that's being able to come and have a meal with the resident or come and participate in a family council. Again, different families have different amounts of time available to them. But for the families that do, we want to engage them in every way that we can. And so whether that's being able to volunteer or participate in one of the councils. Um, It's a wide range of options for the families. Mm -hmm. Pat, in your opinion, what are the key elements that make a housing facility suitable for seniors, thinking in terms of like safety, accessibility, overall quality of life? You know, the thing that I often hear from many of our residents is it's pretty common for them to say, I wish I would have come sooner. And so I would certainly encourage folks to take a look sooner at retirement options before there's a crisis, which forces them to have to make a change. Um, But, you know, again, it depends on what options someone needs. But the key things that jump out at me are nutrition. Uh, For a lot of folks, having adequate nutrition, socialization and opportunities to socialize and engage in meaningful ways. I think just knowing that they're safe, um, I think safety on any survey I've seen over the years of what older adults are looking for, whether they're still living in their home or they're considering moving from their home, safety is always on the top of the list. And safety not only in terms of security, but also safety in 
terms of what if there is a fall or what if there's inclement weather, um, you know, the list can go on and on. But knowing that they're in a place where someone's got their back and making sure there's emergency plans in place and there's generators in place and all those kind of things, I think, can be really important to helping folks feel comfortable and safe and feeding into an overall quality of life. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that safety may be the one thing that caused somebody to, to come your direction in the first place was they fell in their home. Their home has too many steps. Maybe it's a two-story house. Family intervened and said, Mom, you know, you're not safe in our home anymore. You're tripping. You're falling. And then to your point about nutrition, I mean, she or he is having to fix their own meal, go get their own groceries. Maybe they don't do that as well as they used to. And so I would imagine those two things are are what bring a lot of people your direction in the first place. Yeah, I think certainly you touched on this, accessibility and the safety issues around that. And then also transportation is another big deal. So a lot of times, Not that there aren't good public transportation options in San Antonio, but folks are faced with driving and should I continue to drive? And sometimes the kids think it's time for them to stop driving. So those are also challenges that older adults face that we're able to help them address, help them resolve and continue on with their life like they want to live it. I would imagine one of your biggest challenges is staffing, particularly nurses and nursing assistants. I mean, what are y'all doing to face that challenge? And I'm sure every hospital, every colleague of yours has the same problem. So how are y'all dealing with it? Let me start out by kind of defining the problem just a little bit. And so senior living has had workforce challenges for years. During COVID, two key indicators of what has happened in the last couple of years, one being a study that came out of Harvard about a year and a half ago that showed the typical turnover in a nursing home in our country is 128%. So you can only imagine the nursing facilities that were facing much higher turnover than that. And then also the number of workers who just left altogether. I think that number is well over 200,000 that Mm -hmm. just said we're done and we're not coming back. As far as what we're doing, I think the first thing is we have to accept the realities of what we can't change. We can't change the fact that the older adult population is increasing rapidly. We can't necessarily change the fact that there are fewer people ready, willing, and able to enter the workforce and to work in senior living. But what we can do is create a culture where people want to be, where people want to stay. Uh, One of the things that I do in every new employee orientation is we talk a lot about excellence and excellence around the idea of hiring excellent employees and then retaining excellent employees. And that's probably the biggest thing that we're trying to do is to make sure that we're maintaining that excellence. But the other thing I would add to that is we're looking at doing some things differently. Um, One of the plans, probably the biggest plan we have right now, and this is on our Babcock campus in San Antonio, is to build greenhouse homes. And greenhouse is, it's a different model for skilled nursing, for long-term care, and it really empowers and enhances workers who historically have been at the lowest end of the organizational chart. And so with greenhouse homes, not only is it great for the elders that will live in those homes and the families who will visit those homes, 
But the studies have shown that the teammates, the workers in those homes tend to stay. And that environment where the work that they do is honored and appreciated, the studies have shown that the turnover decreases significantly. Mm -hmm. And so the organization where I used to work, we had greenhouse homes, and it was probably the best year we ever saw, but turnover was only around 5% that year. And so if you compare and contrast 5% turnover to 128% turnover, that's just huge. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of our biggest goals, uh, not only in attracting excellent employees and maintaining excellent employees across the organization, but it's looking at different models. And then the other thing that I would just say, it's really having the right culture. At the end of the day, creating and maintaining that culture is something that we are constantly focused on how we can enhance that culture, maintain the culture when it's what we want it to be. And so culture is huge, and and we're able to do that at Morningside. A lot of that has to do with our nonprofit mission and the work that we do there. Pat, most people may assume that living in a nice place like Morningside, and if any of our listeners have been to any one of their three campuses, uh, I've been to all three campuses and can vouch for they are nice. They are very nice. And so what would you say to the folks that think, oh, well, that's a place I'm not ever going to be able to afford to live? Morningside's way too nice for me. You know, what would you say to them in that regard? Well, you know, the first thing I would tell folks is that they're just take Morningside, for example, you know, each of our properties has different price points and different options. And so I wouldn't say that there's something for everyone, but almost, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's different options so that people can kind of pick and choose what they want and, and what's best for them. I think the other thing that people don't always realize is when they're considering the cost of of senior housing is what they no longer have to pay for. And so at all of our communities, the rates are more or less all-inclusive. So when you look at the transportation and the housekeeping that's included and the life enrichment that's included, the dining that's included, um, not having to pay property taxes, all those kinds of things really add up. And I think before someone says they can't afford it, they should really take a look and kind of shop around and, and see what's out there. You know, the other thing that I think is very important to say about Morningside is, is we're committed to folks. So once someone comes and lives with us for a period of time, if they find themselves in a situation where they can no longer uh, meet their monthly obligations, they can apply to our Covenant Fund assistance, which the goal of our Covenant Fund program is to be able to take care of our own, if you will. So once somebody's part of the Morningside family, the idea is that they will not ever have to leave based on their finances. Well, I guess it's fair to say that, yes, you can add up the hard costs, but then there's those costs that really you can't put a value to, like the fact your mother or your father is sitting in their home by themselves and having no interaction. I mean, how do you put a price on that where now they'll be living in a community where there's somebody next door, somebody on a hallway, somebody in a dining room that's saying, hey, how are you doing today? And you know, sure, you can add up those costs, but then there's the costs that really you can't put a value to that, you know, when you consider that, it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, those relationships are deep and meaningful, and you're exactly right. I mean, because when when I walk in and see folks like the dinner party last night or just all the activity programming that we have going on, people really do care about each other. And we see that all the time where we'll have folks become good friends and they really begin to look out for each other, to check on each other. And 
that's just uh, it's a, it's a great environment, and, mm-hmm. and you're exactly right. It's hard to put a price on that. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, can you share a, a success story or just a memorable experience? You've touched on a few of those already, but one you want to highlight? Yeah, absolutely. So this has been about five years back, but we we had a gentleman that lived in independent living. He was well known. He had lived at the Babcock campus, Morningside at the Meadows, for a number of years. And at the time, this gentleman was 103 years old, and he was responsible for taking care of the garden. And so on almost any given day, you could see him out, whether it was weeding or planting or picking vegetables. Um, Everyone kind of knew that he played a significant role in maintaining that garden. And so I happened to look out of my window one day, and he was pulling weeds out of the garden. And I guess it was a big weed he had gotten a hold of and pulled pretty hard and he fell back on the ground and for whatever reason I was just looking at the window and I saw him so I went running out there and, and keep in mind as this gentleman is 103 years old and and I went up to him and I said you know Mr. So-and-so can, do I need to get help are you okay and he said just give me your hand and so I gave him my hand he pulled himself up and went right back to tending the garden so wow. Um, wow. so yeah it's it's just I have stories like that all day long but I can say that is the first 103 year old that I've helped up in the garden so <laughs> Pat we're just about out of time but I want you to share with the viewers your website on how they can uh, reach out to you, maybe to volunteer, to make donations, or just, you know, get a tour, find out more information about living at Morningside. What is that website? Yeah, absolutely. It's mmliving.org. So one more time, mmliving.org. Great. Great. Pat, thank you for joining us today and uh, would like to close us in a word of prayer and uh, just so grateful for you and all you do uh, at Morningside. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for Pat, his friendship, his work at Morningside and the team that surrounds him on a daily basis to lift up our seniors in a living community. Pray for them. Pray for the board. Pray for all the residents that they continue to uh, be safe, be loved on and be taken care of. And so we just uh, ask all this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pat, thank you for joining us today. Obviously, your work touches a lot of lives, and I know that uh, there are many grateful families who appreciate Morningside Ministries' care and sensitivity while helping them navigate big life challenges. So uh, we'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in again today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged by the work being done in our community to improve the lives of our neighbors. You can catch our episodes anywhere you get your podcast or by visiting Baptist Health Foundation's website, and that's bhfsa.org slash togetherforgood. We'll be back next week, everybody, with another great conversation about health matters and the work of our nonprofits. God bless and take care. Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you. And in all things, to God be the glory. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.